Building Back Better with the American Rescue Plan, brought to you by ServiceNow. I'm your host, George Jackson. In March, President Biden signed the ARP and allocated $2 billion to public sector modernization. It has two main goals, alleviate some of the short-term financial trauma impacting communities across the country and rebuilding for a stronger, more sustainable future. Today, you'll meet a group of leaders that are spearheading American Rescue Plan missions inside their organizations and working to make them more competitive in the digital age. Let's kick things off with Sanjay Gupta, Chief Technology Officer at the Small Business Administration, Gundeep Alawalia, Chief Information Officer at the Department of Labor, and Jonathan Album, Federal CTO at ServiceNow. So gentlemen, thanks all for being here. Gundeep, I'd like to start with just a thumbnail uh, of what you're doing around the ARP at the Department of Labor. I know that it's a lot, so just tell our audience kind of what it touches. Well, thank you so much for having me here. Uh, I think labor, I, I'd like to talk a little bit about the diversity of our mission sets, from worker protection to training to apprenticeships, $23 billion worth of grants, unemployment insurance, uh, temporary visa programs. We have a, a large diversity. And to cater to that, we have actually built a digital modernization plan for the last few years, and we've been on that journey. Um, ARP sort of fits very nicely in there because it is designed to build resilience in the unemployment insurance ecosystem. Uh, and that's exactly what we have been focused on for the last five, six months since the act was uh, enacted. Uh, we focused on three different areas. One is uh, improving equity. Uh, second is uh, improving timeliness. And third is uh, fighting fraud, waste, and abuse. And in many ways, all three of them are, are sort of connected. So one area, if you're able to do better, the other, you have more resources to, to lift that area as well. Uh, we've given uh, about uh, $400 million worth of grants. Uh, 160 of them is towards fighting fraud and waste uh, to our state partners, who are a, a important partner in this ecosystem. Um, and the second piece is to improve equity, uh, outreach, training, understanding what the claimants are facing out there and improving uh, their, their claimant experience. Um, lastly, we have focused uh, a lot on building software capabilities that are, can either be deployed in a central manner or be, can be given to the states where they can absorb those modules into their software and improve that claimant experience as well. So a lot of activities. Finally, all the stars are aligning, and I feel like uh, we, we should be able to build the resilience that this UI ecosystem needs. So that's where we are. We'll dig into some of those three areas a little bit more here in our program, but let's talk with Sanjay. Sanjay, you're joining us remotely from India. Uh, you've spent a lot of time you know, paycheck protection plan uh, in the lead up to the American Rescue Plan. Tell us a little bit about what you're working on right now relative to this huge IT modernization initiative. Certainly, and thank you for having me on your show here today. Um, so as I think the audience knows, the Small Business Administration has been uh, at the forefront of the nation's <clears throat> largest ever economic recovery initiatives. You mentioned the PPP program, the Paycheck Protection Program, uh, and it was also an adjoining program, the uh, Economic Disaster Injury Loan Program or IDLE program. Uh, and those two have been our flagship programs. 
Uh, in addition, we've also had more specific and targeted programs uh, in the last uh, so six months or so. Uh, the SVOG program, which is the Shuttered Venue Operators Grant Program, and the Restaurant rest, rest Revitalization Fund, or the RRF Fund, it's actually a, a grant program as well. Uh, and just to sort of put this in the larger context, in a typical year, the SBA processes anywhere between 25 to 30 to maybe $35 billion in loans and grants for the small businesses. In the year and a half plus now, we have uh, processed over $1 trillion. Uh, and by the way, these programs are still running. Uh, so, so certainly uh, by no far uh, imagination, any of these programs have come to an end. Uh, like for example, the PPP program you mentioned, uh, that one has uh, gone through three rounds. The, 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 there's sort of two parts to it. The first part is really the loan guarantee part. The second part is the loan forgiveness part, and that continues on. And so does the idle program continue on. So, so there's a lot going on, still going on, uh, and still helping recover from economic uh, disaster that we've all as a nation faced. Jonathan, if I can appropriate a word from Gundeep here, mammoth. You know, this is a mammoth amount of spending. Yeah. These are mammoth challenges. What are some sort of commonalities to those challenges in the organizations that you work with across the public sector? Well, uh, that's a great question, George. And I think one of the um, themes that I heard both with uh, Sanjay and Gundeep is this idea of modernizing the way people interact with their government making it simpler for people to use the programs that, that are offered to them. And, you know, one of the things that we talk a lot about at ServiceNow is that we want to make government work better for public sector employees and, and the people they serve. Because, you know, it always comes back to the people, um, the person that needs a loan, that person that needs unemployment insurance. It has to be easy for them to interact with their government. Too often, uh, government you know, is, a, is, is very complicated um, on the inside, but it's even more complicated on the outside. And if we're not thinking about designing our programs and our systems and our interactions with the, uh, with the citizen in mind, it becomes very difficult for, for that person that needs the benefit or the assistance to be able to get it. So as we think about the way we can streamline citizen service delivery, which we see um, really at all levels of government, um, certainly in the federal government, but certainly in very much in state and local, uh, we have the opportunity to help people do simple things like whether it's schedule an appointment, um, understand how uh, programs interact with each other, uh, or make it easy for people to um, apply for one program and be uh, sped along the process of an application for uh, another program or another loan, because we can share that data, we can move it between systems, and um, we're doing more and more of that kind of work. So I think the American Rescue Plan, uh, while there's a lot there, core um, to, to it, and what we're hearing uh, so far today is about the modernization of the way people interact with their government, that citizen engagement, making it easy for people to interact, um, I think is really core. Gundeep, earlier you mentioned equity, and Jonathan talks about citizen service delivery here. I know that IT modernization is, you know, a foundational goal of the American Rescue Plan, but there's also a generational goal here too. Can you talk a little bit about equity and sort of what labor is working on there? 
So we've taken several steps uh, in in the um, uh, in combating and improving equity across the ecosystem. Uh, we've actually provided some grant money, uh, both for, to fight fraud, waste, and abuse, as well as improve equity. And one must never forget that fraud, waste, and abuse and improving equity are actually two sides of the same thread, right? So if you are able to combat fraud, waste, and abuse effectively, by definition, you will improve equity on the other side as well. So we provided about $160 million worth of uh, grants to the states to fight uh, fraud, waste, and abuse. And we have also provided about $240 million to all the states to combat uh, equity uh, or to improve equity, to out do outreach activities, et cetera. Um, in addition, what we have also tried to do is we are trying to look for partnerships where we can uh, do better outreach. Um, and last but not the least, uh, as Jonathan said, it is extremely important to improve our IT systems and the way people are able to file claims, right? So how, how does that citizen experience look like? Where do you walk in to, to actually um, uh, submit a claim? How do you recertify those claims? And I think streamlining those over a period of time with a user-centric approach Right? And building modular technologies that that can either be deployed in a central fashion or can be given to the states. They, they adopt them and, and put them into their own systems is the best way to raise all ships from an equity perspective. So giving them resources, giving them grants, but then also following it up with uh, uh, technology and, and modular software that improves that user-centric uh, experience uh, for any claimant is, is extremely important. And those are the things that uh, we are focused on at this point in time. Sanjay, you had a wonderful foundation at the Small Business Administration for Modernization. And I think early on in the pandemic needed scalability. You know, I mentioned PPP earlier in the conversation. You needed to scale up those programs pretty much overnight. Um, I, as I understand it, a lot of the work that you've been doing now to build upon that foundation has to do with emerging tech, machine learning, artificial intelligence, et cetera. Could you explain a little bit of that to our audience? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so high level, back in 2017, I had the opportunity to lay the cloud foundation for the SBA uh, and then, you know, subsequent years uh, laid the cloud-based cybersecurity foundation for the SBA. Uh, and the reason I talk about those two are those two components were critical in our ability to deliver on those flagship programs. Uh, and what we did was we'd also started using, like you mentioned, artificial intelligence and machine learning capabilities. I'll give a couple of instances where we were able to scale up rapidly because of that foundation we had established in the, in the years past. For example, uh, we had started using algorithmic-based decision support systems. So that's a mouthful of words. Simply put, it is about you know, credit risk assessment or credit worthiness assessment or identity. I know Gundeep talked about fraud. Uh, so you know, identity is a key aspect of mitigating and reducing potential fraud. So what we had started doing was we'd started experimenting on some of those capabilities, which use some artificial intelligence, machine learning capabilities. But when the pandemic hit, because of the volume and the velocity of the work we were trying to do quickly, we accelerated the use of these solutions and they were quite immensely beneficial in our ability to deliver these programs. 
So for example, we use some automated decision support systems, which allowed us to look at a loan application and see if that needed further reviews, or it could be, you know, if you will, to a most extent uh, approved on the basis of, you know, the initial assessments, right? Now, I'm not going to say that, you know, there was an automatic approval with no humans in the loop. Uh, we did have a human in the loop factor uh, for a variety of different reasons, but for the most part, that allowed us to say, where do we need the human focus to be on? Which part of the application needs more detailed assessments or follow-ups, as an example? The cyber angle that I talked about as well, George, is also very critical. There were two things happening. I mentioned about the scale and the size increase from a dollars that, and loan capital that we processed. But we were also, as an agency, scaling up from a staffing standpoint. So we went up about four times the staffing size that we were pre-pandemic. And what that meant was, since everybody was working in a telework situation, we needed to ensure, one, they were productive. Two, the mission that they were supporting was secured. And because of that cloud-based cybersecurity foundation I referenced, I had helped establish back in 2017 and 2018, that allowed us to be able to manage a nearly 100% remote workforce without having to compromise on the cybersecurity angle. And of course, not to say that you know, cybersecurity is not ever important. I think in the last 12 months, if anything that has come up is the fact that cybersecurity or lack of can have a debilitating effect on any organization, meaning of any size, any type of, uh, whether private sector, whether public sector. And so that was paramount to us and continues to be paramount to us. And last but not the least, given the amount of capital that the SBA is processing, uh, it automatically becomes a target as well. So, so I just want to kind of highlight those two angles. There's probably a lot more that I could talk about, but I, I'll, I'll also like to hear from Jonathan and, and Gandeep what they have done. Well, Jonathan, I was watching you in one of the monitors here on set. Something stood out in those remarks to you, and I'm going to give you a two-part question. Sanjay mentioned, you know, all of this foundational work the previous 12 months. What should agencies and organizations be doing in the next 12 months? Well, so uh, I assume that's part one. <laughs> I think that, uh, so first, the thing that stood out for me, um, I'll say, uh, relates to the uh, answer to that to that question. So um, Sanjay uh, and, and Gandeep, they're both talking about um, fraud and they're talking about um, the underlying data that makes these programs work successfully. And, you know, I have uh, experience when I um, was a CIO in the federal government um, around fraud detection. And one of the things that I learned uh, very early on was that the sooner that we can detect that fraud's happening in the system, the more likely we are to be able to recover those payments, to reduce the, the number of improper payments that can't be recovered. And so much of that requires you to understand the data, how it flows through the organization, um, how it flows through these different processes, and to have the systems and the data connected. So people who um, see something bad happening can go ahead and quickly take action. And uh, generally in these you know, complex programs, there's a number of systems that are interacting at different levels of government perhaps. And to have those uh, systems 
uh, integrated properly and to have a platform that allows um, the data to flow and to have the proper workflows um, in place to combat fraud is really, really critical. So, you know, that 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 was what, um, you know, I, I was hearing and I was hearkening back to some some time where I had responsibility for those for those systems and things we were trying to accomplish back when I was a, a federal CIO. But um, moving forward, I think there's um, there's really a lot of work still to be done generally in understanding um, what all the data is and where it is inside an organization, how it how it flows through uh, the different processes. And I think that agencies need to continue to um, document these processes, understand them very well so we can think about ways to innovate on top of them and and make them better. When, when the pandemic hit, uh, we know that um, every every single organization had to work very quickly to transition, not just to a telework mode, but to um, mode where we're serving customers remotely. So that that really required to um, a, that required CIOs and and others to, you know, make fast changes to systems to move very rapidly, and you know uh, those things generally worked. And I think that it's there are a lot of great success stories built on the modernization that that Sanjay was was describing. But you know now as we move on to to whatever comes next, we need to be thinking about whether or not all of those changes we made, the speed with which we made them, the the, the adjustments we made to systems, whether those changes are sustainable, um, are those things we want to live with for the next you know several years, uh, and also to Sanjay's point, are they secure? Um, when you work that quickly, um, you may be choosing to accept risks into your into your processes. And to the extent that we have an opportunity now to to do a strategic pause and do an assessment of the changes we made and understand um, any changes we need to make on top of those to make them more sustainable and more secure. I think it's really incumbent that we do that while keeping in mind the data and the processes and and, and asking ourselves questions about whether or not uh, the way the process works, the way it was adjusted is, is the best way. Is there a way to make it more digital, put more control over the process in the hands of the, of the citizens to increase that engagement? And I think those are the opportunities right in front of us now. Well, team, Gandeep here in studio, Sanjay joining remotely. Uh, thanks for being here. Jonathan, stick around. We'll talk with you a little bit more. After the break, we'll continue this conversation with Vid Desai, Chief Information Officer at the Food and Drug Administration. You're watching Building Back Better with the American Rescue Plan on GovExec TV. I'll be right back.